0: Hello, and welcome to another ep- episode of Ronkel and the Mayor. We were down for a little bit, gone for a little while, and uh, weren't any, uh, any car races the last couple weeks, but uh, here we are. It is the month of May, and uh, well, let's dip into the slipstream. So, the walks are still going awesome. Um, I actually switched over to new shoes, Um, you know because uh, the old ones were all worn out and it started to hurt my body. Um, so we're on new shoes now. Got a new route. Um, weather's pretty nice. Uh and then I went and uh hurt my toe. I kind of broke my toe. Um <laughs> I was uh poor, I was tickling my wife and I tripped and a stool um smashed my toe. So I so I broke my toe um i'm pretty close to breaking it and uh you know it's it's healing up all right um uh, but man oh man what what a bummer uh, my toe was completely black so uh, i took a couple days off from walking after that and uh yeah so i just hit it extra hard uh you know i uh, increased all the push-ups i'm doing or as i like to call them earth downs um and uh yeah, well they're finishing up the Springwater corridor. They just put in all the ADA curbs and a bunch of nice uh nice sidewalk ends to the path uh, that go over the, the train track. Um all the of course all the like I said all the curbs are ADA so wheelchairs and bikes can easily get on them. Um and then a surprise uh, from the planting uh they They went. The city came along and planted, what I can tell, it has to be 50 trees um, just in the little section by my house. Um, So that was unexpected. I knew they would do replanting where they took out the trees and shrubs by some people's houses. But along this whole quarter-mile section of the corridor, uh, we now have dozens and dozens and dozens of trees. And so I was pretty excited about that because, uh, well, I live across the street from this meadow that they they put a bunch of trees in. So um yeah, lots of little tiny birds and wildlife and uh, lots of shade and yeah, so it's pretty nice. Uh weather's getting pretty great here in Portland. It's going to be 90 again today, so I'm uh setting up my new barbecue and uh got all my patio furniture all broken out, so I'm just like some corny uh barbecue commercial on TV. I'm all ready for uh winter. <laughs> Excuse me. Um Yeah, let's see, what else was going on? Uh, The Sherratt Square people are all ready to paint in a month, and uh, you can see that they've cleaned up the uh, surroundings of the intersection, and uh, like I said, there will be two other street paintings in the neighborhood this year. Um, Let's see, this week was a big week here in the state of Oregon, Uh, so I was part of the Red for Ed March, uh, Wear Red for Education, and I was in Medford helping uh, my wife coordinate that event. And there were were tens of thousands of Oregonians that came out to support teachers. And uh, basically, in Oregon, we have huge class sizes, some of the biggest in the country. And there are not enough support staff, librarians, nurses, uh, you name it, and school counselors. And so this was a big walkout for many districts. Some did it after school. But uh, basically, a statewide walkout in support of uh, teachers and schools. Uh, We need our funding back. And so in uh, in that same period of time, the uh, Senate Republicans in Oregon went into hiding. Uh, they're doing a quorum, I believe it's called. So they can't be found, the marshal can't find them, and they won't vote in the new uh, bill for education funding, uh, which is an interesting stance to take in uh, this current political atmosphere. So uh, in Oregon, we have a supermajority in the House of Representatives for the Democrats, and it's really close in the Senate. And in Oregon, we have a Democratic governor and a pretty left leaning populace, uh, cons- um, especially here in Portland, where half of the state lives. Um, Yeah, so that's what we're dealing with in Oregon, so um, that was a pretty big event, I was pretty pumped about it, Um, even in Medford, which is a little more conservative than here in Portland, um, 500 people showed up at Alba Park, which uh, I know is Library Park, because I grew up in Medford, but uh, yeah, great event, and uh, that's what I did early this week, and saw saw a lot of great people and uh well it just from the warm weather just reminded me one more time that it is may and it is time for indycar so may is here let's uh transition over into it there are 36 entries for the indy 500 33 spots so uh th- at least three people will be getting bumped um the indy the indy gp the grand prix is actually today at one thirty my time um there will also be uh indie uh the Indy Lights Freedom 100 is this month, and then qualifying uh, for the 500. Uh, so basically, there's lots of track action at IMS all month long. Um, there supposed to be two big announcements happening. Um, they said they were game-changing announcements that would be announced uh, at IMS um, during the 500 week. Um, but we heard during um, the Long Beach Grand Prix that Porsche bowed out as an OEM, an engine manufacturer, uh, but because the rumor is because IndyCar does not have a hybrid technology as part of their formula, um, and maybe they don't going forward. Uh, something that I actually think they need. I don't care what it costs the cars. you need relevant technology in every racing series and IndyCar is the last of the big series without hybrid or electric technology. Uh, so that would be good. Uh, we I did hear though that Porsche the Porsche GT um, series, they may become an undercard and sanctioned by IndyCar. And that's a pretty popular GT series. So with MX five cup um, and Porsche regulars and the road to the regulars, a road to Indy ladder series and super trucks and possibly adding back in the GT America guys, there could be some pretty good undercards for uh, IndyCar next year and going forward. Uh, it also looks like they're going to get back into doing more shared weekends with IMSA uh, which just makes sense. There's so many crossovers and drivers, and, and nowadays even many of the teams compete in both series. So uh, it just would make sense uh, to have them together. Plus, these doubleheader weekends are, are the best value for fans. Uh, you don't want to have to go back to the track two weeks later to see one separate series. Um, and I realize the series it's probably not as beneficial to them. Uh, initially, but over time, you just want all those eyeballs on you at the track, and you want people buying your stuff and seeing you on TV. So the best bet, and especially since motorsports are struggling globally, um, is to get is to band together, uh, racing community working together. So something cool I saw there's this uh, brand called Re Racing Electronics, and uh, you can rent their scanners at IndyCar races and listen to the the team radio and the drivers, uh, but they're bringing back the legend, uh, which is basically a tablet that is preloaded with a bunch of wireless capabilities and eight in-car views in high def and uncensored team radio. It's $60 to rent. Uh, there's not many to go around. There's 1500. So, you know, there's 300,000 people at the Indy 500. So 1500 people will get to rent these video ones. Um, so I'm guessing that uh, they have first dibs on bandwidth because uh, I've been to the Indy 500 and internet was okay. But if they're going to rent you this device, I'm guessing that you're, you're getting jumped in line when everybody's trying pressing the broadband trying to get uh, get online. Uh, also it's a little weird at a live event to rent people TVs to stare at but this is where we're headed um I, I myself am guilty of it sometimes i'm at a sporting event and i've i've actually caught myself checking my phone to see what the score was <laughs> you know it's just like i'm actually sitting at the game like wait a minute what's the what's the score in the game and i'm like oh my gosh what am i doing um, you know, it's, I, I've also, uh, this is a little off topic, uh, but one time I was looking for my phone while I was talking to my wife on the phone and I realized I'm, I'm freaking holding the phone to my ear. So anyway, that was a little off topic. Just got kind of a little tangent there. Um, a little bit of sponsor news here. It looks like Colton Herta will have guests, the biofuel people on his car today. And, uh, for multiple races going forward for the rest of the season, uh, Guess has stated that they don 't want to sign an uh an exclusive deal with anyone, but this is about as close to as you, as you can get and colton Herta is uh, uh the hype around him is is pretty high right now um he 's a very good driver He has a great personality he 's kind of a cool kid i mean most of these guys i think they 're kind of dorks but Colton Herta is definitely the cool kid and he 's a good driver he 's got a good attitude um i I, I, like everything about him and his, his owner Steinbrenner is a 22 year old himself. So these two young guys are uh, taking the league by storm and I love it. And he rides around with his buddies on these little electric scooters. It's just sort of funny. Um, of course I'm twice his age. So, um, it's sort of fun seeing these dudes go around. Um, let's see, uh, more sponsor talk, uh, Marcus Erickson, who drives for arrow, um, got a sponsor that will be on the car for uh, the 500 and m- most of the rest of the season. It's called Lane Finder. Uh, it's a, basically a, an, a technology company. It's a trucking company that links trucks to loads. And this is sort of what IndyCar was hoping for, that all these little uh, groups that work under NTT and companies like Aero, these subsidiaries and these groups that partner with them would start sponsoring teams, uh, because of the relevant technology. So this is another one of those. Um, I, I checked it out, you know, basically it's an app, um, but they, you know, there's a real company. So I don't really care what they are. They're paying the bills, uh, for IndyCar and I like Marcus Erickson and I like team arrow too. They're pretty cool. So that was a good one. Uh, this last, this is we'll kind of transition away from IndyCar here. Last weekend was the WC at Spa. I could not watch it. Uh, it's, you know, the World Endurance Challenge wants six bucks a year or something like that to be able to stream their races. Um, I just don't pay it because several of their races are available on this channel I have called Motor Trend TV. And then, uh, the of course, the 24 hour Le Mans is uh, streamed on multiple platforms for free uh so i i don't do that um i did i but that got me thinking i started looking into what other series so you can watch indy lights still on their road to indy app all the races are on there or you can pay for indycar gold which right now is 35 bucks for the rest of the year that gets you every practice every test every qualifying uh, DVR'd race, uh, all the Indy Lights races, and then a bunch of other exclusive content. Um, it's actually a pretty good deal, but I'm holding out on that until they add more races. Uh, my ideal is to have 20 IndyCar races, um, uh, before I start paying for it, but I might actually do it next year if the content continues to be this good. So anyhow, five ninety nine for, uh, WEC, which is, is pretty good. I mean, a few years ago, WEC was, uh, considered like the, the new Formula One just because there's so much technology in this, in the series. Uh, it's fallen off a little bit uh, in the last few years. There's just so much competition for endurance cars and uh, sports car racing around the world. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I did find out that Super GT, which is an open-wheel series in Japan, you can watch all their stuff, and those are some of the coolest-looking cars. Um, all their stuff streams for free on their website or Twitter account. Um, and the European the European Le Mans series, ELMS, uh, You can find them streaming on their website, too. Um, Also, if we're really getting into it, the Blancpain America GT Series and the European one, you can stream both of those, I think, on the SRO website. Um, Anyway, they, uh, they are a pretty good series to watch. And, you know, it's... It's free, so <laughs> you can't really complain. I, I I like finding free streams. I'll even go on Reddit sometimes and ask for links, and I've found links. Uh, famously, I watched a race from a side pod camera. It was, uh, uh, it was fixed to a car, and you could kind of see f- uh, forward the way the guy was driving, but really the camera was fixed on this small regional airline in the Midwest, like Star West or something like that. So basically I watched a race staring at, through this logo the whole, the whole time but it was some camera that was left on and someone provided a stream and uh, that was probably like 6 or 7 years ago i believe so um and i i i'm pretty sure that was an IndyCar car race anyway uh i always look for streams uh, I'm looking for uh free um access to these these races uh i don't mind paying but you know some of these races are pretty long and i'm not going to see the whole thing and uh uh, you know full disclosure, my wife does not want to watch any twenty four hour race uh, with me or anyone else so <laughs> so i uh I avoid most of the uh those when uh, she 's around i 'll watch portions of them where i 'll get up in the early morning like I do for formula one i 'll get up at four in the morning and uh, watch a race and then go back to bed so I'm pretty excited month of may is here there 's lots of lots going on um you know, a couple IndyCar races. Uh, I know NASCAR has their race, but you know, what a bore. I think they even call it their, their all-star race. And, uh, they race later in the day on the same day as the Indy 500. So it's kind of like getting married on your sister's birthday. Um, it's just lame. So, uh, pretty excited as you can tell about all the racing going on. Um, I also, uh, was looking into, uh, we'll do one more thing here, the MX-5 Cup, which is the mi- little Miatas, the Miata MX-5s that race uh, on the IndyCar weekends. Um, I was looking into it again, and you can get a full race-ready car. It's a kit. It's $58,000 minus the driver's seat. So if you want to get into racing and you want to get into semi-competitive racing, uh, fifty-eight grand gets you in gets you a little uh you just have to buy a seat and then uh you got to get yourself to the races uh, around the country but uh yeah so if you want to get in racing that's the rock bottom price right there and uh I wish I was a kid again I and had a ton of money I I would try to do it so all right let's uh let's transition over here we didn't do any conspiracy stuff and I've kind of wanted to talk about this for a little while um it's the they're called sky trumpets and I remember hearing about this: uh, people in Sweden and part of Germany and in China, they were hearing these uh, these guttural noises, these clanking, machine-like sounds. Some people were described as the sky uh, ripping open, and uh, and some of them, some people heard uh, sort of musical instruments. So they started calling them sky trumpets. Um, and so some people claimed they were angels. Um, Some people said it was interdimensional travel and they were peeking through into our time. Um, Some people think that it is uh, aliens have come and they're constructing something around us that we can't see yet. Um, So... Uh, yeah, for years, people have been recording these these booms, machine-like sounds, and almost instruments playing. Uh, most scientists that have looked into it have concluded that the noises are from heavy industry, ocean waves, and coastal communities, and most parts, the noise is caused by earthquakes. And we know this because Dr. David Hill was in the Mammoth Mountain Range in California when he heard a low rumbling noise, and it, did, it kept going, but he didn't feel anything So he grabbed his instruments out of his backpack and he checked, and sure enough, an earthquake had occurred. Um, Basically, most of the conspiracy crowd claims these are sounds of the apocalypse, while others claim this is, the, like I said, the time travelers or alternate dimension uh, peeking into ours. Uh, So, you know, I've never actually heard these things myself, except for on YouTube. Excuse me. And it's it's interesting, but you could tell uh, because... that it was obviously heavy machinery you know that you 're in a valley and you have an industrial park in your in your town and it 's quiet and so you start recording this stuff um so you know it 's either natural causes uh man made or it 's the end of time and space people traveling interdimensionally, so you can decide for yourself most of the videos have some interesting sounds, but since we 're all still here, I think it 's safe um i 'm not afraid of sky trumpets it 's just another one of these strange things that people pick up on um they aren't able to let it go um and you know it's not really a conspiracy it's sort of just an interesting thing um but I do love how the extremes always are the ones that take hold in these little stories Uh, so of course it's someone building some sort of structure to encage the earth um I read so many crazy things um And, you know, the people that are really crazy are also the flat earthers and they're also, you know, like Trump voter um, stuff like that. So, yeah. Anyhow, that's what sky trumpets are. Uh, I have not heard them myself. I've listened to a lot of the of the recordings. Most of them are video recordings, of course. Um, And then you're just hearing this sounds. Um, It's a little eerie. It's a little creepy. Um, But you know, once you really think about it, it's, it's, it's nothing. Um, I get up early in the morning sometimes and listen to, I can hear the trains whizzing around off in the distance. So I just imagine that's uh, similar to what these guys, uh, are hearing. So yeah, that's it for conspiracy. Uh, let's go transition here. So last night I was watching, um, NBA playoffs and, Again, you had to hear about James Harden, and they referenced Wilt Chamberlain, and then um, Steph Curry and Mount Rushmore, and both of them are excellent players. Uh, I don't know if they're all-time greats, and and in fact, if uh, for Steph Curry, I, I don't think he's an all-time great. He's a very good player, but there is nobody who would take um, him over some of the all-time point guards. Nobody that wants to win, anyway. Um, Magic Johnson would eat his lunch. Um, it just it doesn't make any sense in a, in a league now where defense is not played that this guy throwing up shots from half court could, could be that great. So he's a very good player. I just don't really care for him either, so my opinion's a little jaded. I don't like James Harden. I felt like he was a better player overall earlier in his career. Now he's a guy that shoots 40 shots a game. Um, it's just kind of boring. I don't like volume shooters. I like team basketball, which is why I'm not a Warriors fan. But their games, most of their games, are pretty fun uh, until they get into chuck up mode. So my gripe is, I'm tired of Steph Curry westbrook and james harden being compared to wilt chamberlain Uh, wilt chamberlain would destroy these fools um, and just for posterity i think all available resources should be diverted to bringing wilt back frankenstein style from the dead to correct this wrong uh it's that serious i'm tired of uh people being compared to Wilt for a short period of time when they have greatness. If you look at the entirety of Wilt's career, he absolutely dominated from beginning to end. Uh, the stats don't lie. And especially in a world of analytics uh, where the numbers are driving everything, I find it hilarious that people keep trying to compare um, current players to Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, it, it does not add up. Uh, he... He was dominant in ways that will never exist again, uh, And you know the biggest argument you'll hear is, well, he just played against a bunch of short white guys, and it's like, "Well, no, he didn't. Uh, some of, Some of the greatest centers of all time, including Bill Russell, were in the league, and Wilt Chamberlain didn't just sit in the paint dunking it. He was shooting the ball. He was nailing a, a good majority of his free throws on his good nights. Ripping down twenty-five rebounds, blocking tons of shots. The guy was unstoppable. Uh, anybody that's getting twenty-five rebounds a game for years—I mean, he did this for consecutive years—is just dominating. Can you? Um, the the analytics on him today, the over/under and the plus-minus would just be ridiculous if Wilt was on your team. There, there's really no way to add up all of the attributes and then have a losing team. And and. You know, quite frankly, the Lakers, when Wilt Chamberlain was playing for the Lakers, they were very good. They only won one title, but they ran into a couple of juggernauts uh, in Boston and New York. But Wilt Chamberlain, uh, people need to stop comparing people to him unless they're going to do it year in and year out. And, and Westbrook doesn't count. Chucking up 50 shots a game to get a triple-double while your team stinks is not is not greatness. So they need to stop comparing everybody to Wilt. I do take it personally and uh I think I think all of you should too. So that's my gripe for the week. Um yeah, I'm still pretty excited. Got IndyCar here in about 3 hours and uh it's going to be awesome. So all right. Hey everybody, uh glad to be back. Thanks for uh thanks for dipping into the slipstream and listening. You can find me on Twitter at Ronkel. And uh, everybody be safe out there. And remember, you can do it your own way if it's done just how I say.